Ruth chapter 4, and we'll read from verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate, and sat him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbour. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilean's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seat which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. 
and the women, her neighbours, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Phares. Phares begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. Amen. May the Lord bless to us this reading from his word. Hi Ian, good to see you. We've got uh, once again the opportunity of thinking about this, uh, this couple, Boaz and Ruth. And Boaz, perhaps you'll remember from last week, Boaz had promised Ruth that he would resolve the matter of her marriage rights by the end of the day. And so at once he put in motion the business with the next of kin. This man that he needed to see to discuss this matter of the parcel of land and the relationship that uh, Ruth would have uh, with that land was a closer relation to Elimelech, that is Naomi's dead husband and her two dead sons. So this man, and, and it's not clear just exactly what that relationship might be. Uh, it's not specified, but it is possible that uh, this man, we don't know his name, this closer kinsman, um, closer than Boaz, it is possible that this man and Elimelech and Boaz were all brothers and that uh, they do speak about a brother, but uh, that could equally have just been a, a mark of respect uh, in that they were all local people and, and had a degree of, of reverence one for another. However, be that as it may, if this man was the older of the brethren um, between him and Boaz, then he would have rights to Elimelech's property. And that was the reason why there was this closer kinsman as far as the matter of Ruth was concerned. So Boaz went to the gate of the city and there he waited for the relative to pass. And we're told that there's a little behold in here in the, in the opening verse. And that kind of suggests that uh, there was a little bit of uh, divine intervention in this matter. It's as if to say, behold, the Lord brought this man to speak to Boaz. And when Boaz saw him, he invited him to sit with him in the gate beside the entrance to the town or the, the city, just a small city. And Boaz also called 10 witnesses to listen to their conversation and to witness, attest the outcome of their discussion. And at first, 
Boaz doesn't mention anything to do with Ruth. He spoke of Naomi's land and he spoke of her desire to sell her rights to that land. And the relative, who I say is not named, he is eager to buy this land. And perhaps he thought that he might get a good deal if if, uh, if Naomi was impoverished, if she was in dire straits, if, if she needed to sell quickly, maybe he would get a good deal and make himself and his family a little bit more prosperous. So he claimed the right of the near kinsman and he agreed that he would buy Naomi's parcel of land. But then Boaz spoke again and he said this, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Here was a condition to the purchase of this land. This condition was attached to the sale of the property. To redeem the land, you must buy it from Ruth as well. And you must marry and raise up a son to her to keep alive the memory of Malon's name, her dead husband. This was different now. This was a condition that the near kinsman or the nearer kinsman was not able to comply with. The man wanted the land, but he did not want a wife. He did not want to mar his own inheritance and perhaps disrupt his own family. And probably he didn't want to be left to care for both Ruth and Naomi. The kinsman said, I don't want to do that. And he looked at Boaz and he said, you buy the land yourself. And so Boaz did. Before all the witnesses, Boaz announced that he would redeem the land and with it take Ruth to be his wife with all the obligations that that brought. And it was a popular marriage. And all the locals wished Boaz and Ruth well for their future and that they might have a large family. And that blessing was soon realised because we are told that the Lord gave Ruth a son. That's worth remembering that it was the Lord that gave her this son. People just think that they, they go ahead and, and they, they have children or they don't have children. But even children are a blessing from the Lord. And the Lord blessed Ruth with this son. Boaz was happy. Ruth was happy. And Naomi was happy. Naomi became nurse to the child and that was to the delight of all her friends and neighbours. They called the child Obed. You remember we spoke about names having meaning in the Bible. Well, Obed means service 
and it seems to have been given because the friends of Naomi realised that here was a, a, a child born, a young man given uh, to this family who would be a support and a help and of service uh, to the family and perhaps specifically to Naomi in years to come. And uh, uh, she, uh, who had lost everything, now was blessed by this young child that was placed into her arms. And the chapter ends um, with a genealogy, uh, the genealogy or the history of the family of a man called Phares. Phares, son of Judah, son of Jacob. And it goes all the way to David, the king of Israel, by which we see that Ruth, the Moabites, was in the direct line of King David. Now, here's a couple of lessons that I want us uh, to, to draw from this happy end of this beautiful history of Ruth. The first thing is this, that the Lord takes care of his people. This is something that I want us just to remember. It's very simple. It's very easy. It's not a, it's not a great big, big sophisticated or complicated idea. The Lord takes care of his people. Ruth was a foreigner in a strange land. She was young. She was poor. And she had already known hardship and loss and regret and no doubt confusion in her short life. And let us not forget that these people knew sadness, knew the emotions of life just like us. But Ruth also had faith in God. And no doubt she learned about God from Naomi. But I want us to step back even further than Naomi. Naomi was the person that God used to bring this Moabitess girl into his family. Ruth had married into the family of Elimelech, but she was adopted into the family of God by grace. And God looked after her. When Ruth was hurt and grieving, God was with her. When her life changed radically, God was with her. When she went gleaning barley in this strange country, God was with her, though she knew it not. God was working out his plan in her life. Trusting the Lord is trusting him when we don't know what's happening. If you see everything, if you understand everything, if you know everything, if, you, if, if everything's obvious and given to you on a plate, then you don't have any need to trust the Lord. But it's when we're down, it's when we're hurting, it's when we have doubts, it's when we're challenged, 
moment when we have problems that trusting in the Lord comes to the fore. Trusting in him when we don't know what's happening. Leaning on him when things are hard. Relying on him when life gets confusing. It is trusting the Lord that knows what he is doing. Trusting in the Lord that cares for us. That he will bring us good out of every situation. Ruth could not imagine how her life would turn out. But she trusted and she honoured the Lord. And the Lord honoured and blessed her. So whatever is happening in your life right now. I want you to remember Ruth. The Lord loves you. And he will prove his faithfulness to you. As you trust in him. Another thing that I want us just to note in this little, uh, uh, this little account is this aspect of the kinsman redeemer. This is what Boaz was for Ruth. He was to her a kinsman redeemer. The event that we have before us today in, 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 this, in this chapter where Boaz bought the piece of ground from Naomi and Ruth and with it redeemed Ruth and married her is a beautiful spiritual picture of our redemption by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the circumstances of Boaz's redemption and marriage to, to Ruth followed the pattern of the customs of the time. But what that points to, remember we talk about the type is the picture and the anti-type is the fulfilment or the reality. What that type points to, what the anti-type is, is seen in Christ redeeming and marrying his bride, the church. The Lord Jesus Christ took all the sin that we inherited from Adam and he made it his own. The Lord Jesus Christ lifted us from poverty and helplessness. He adopted us into his family. For the love that the Lord Jesus Christ felt toward us, he made himself poor that we might be made rich. The redemption price of our salvation was the precious blood of our kinsman, Redeemer. Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, he said this when John the Baptist was born and when he was anticipating also the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. So that the Boaz Ruth story is a picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for his people. He has redeemed us by his blood on the cross. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to save 
sinners. This is a real salvation by a real Redeemer from real punishment to real glory. And the picture of Boaz and Ruth points to what the Lord has done and the real work of Christ on the cross is far greater than the picture that we've been thinking about together. The Lord Jesus Christ took our flesh. He made himself our near kinsman by taking our flesh, by coming in our bodies with this into this world, into this time. The eternal God coming as a man in order to make himself one with us and make himself that near kinsman so that he could redeem us from our sins. So that he could set us free from the bondage of our sin. Boaz was Ruth's near kinsman redeemer. I hope that the Lord Jesus Christ is yours. And just quickly a third and final point here. We end this chapter with a short history um, of the whole family, the genealogy of the family. But really this is speaking to us about the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's Here's what I mean by that. This is the end of the the end of of the story of Ruth. It it maybe seems to sort of end in a kind of odd way. It gives the genealogy of King David. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was a, 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 a lot younger, <laughs> a lot younger, and we would come to uh, these genealogies in the Bible if we were reading them uh, someplace, and 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 all these complicated names, and it would seem so boring. All these strange names, but actually, this might have been the whole reason that the Book of Ruth was written. Because it shows King David's ancestry all the way back to Judah. Judah was the tribe of which David was a part. So it shows David's ancestry all the way back to Judah. And Judah, as you remember, was the um, son of Jacob, uh, who was the son of Isaac, who was the son of of Abraham. So this is taking us all the way back to the very beginning of the history of the children of Israel. And that's probably why this account is written and inserted into the scriptures, that we might see this continuity in the life of David's ancestry. A kind of pedigree, if you like. And there's a remarkable aspect to this. Because a number of the people that are included in this genealogy, a lady called Tamar, who deceived Judah, a lady called Rahab, who was a a harlot, an innkeeper in Jericho, and Ruth herself, a Moabitess, they feature in this list. Although they were all Gentiles and they all had a history of idolatry or or morality or, or whatever it might be, Uh, which showed that they were sinners. But most important in this 
is what is discovered later in the scriptures. That this isn't just a genealogy of David. It is the genealogy which is the line of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we see the, 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 the big lesson, the main point. Here we see God's will being worked out in securing the line of the promised Messiah. Right down through the ages from the very beginning of Israel to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it's notable that Rahab and Ruth being Gentiles are recorded in the Saviour's ancestry. And Jesus was rightly called the son of David to emphasise his own royal pedigree. Hebrews tells us that God the Father prepared a body for the Lord Jesus Christ to show that he really was a man. And to show that he really was an eligible kinsman to redeem us from our sins. And that preparation, the preparing of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, it took place when the Holy Spirit visited Mary. But it also took place in the book of God's purposes and decrees. It took place in the council and in the covenant of grace. And the great purpose of God is unfolding and seen to unfold in the histories of men and women and boys and girls throughout the whole of Scripture, with the great end being the redemption of sinners and the salvation of the church by the Lord Jesus Christ. The history of Ruth is a beautiful story of a young woman who found grace in the sight of God and who, despite a troubled start to life, was brought into the family of God and the line of Christ's ancestry. But it's more than that. It points us to the redeeming work of our Saviour on the cross, by which the sins of God's elect are forever taken away and cancelled. As God gave grace to Ruth to believe in him, may he give us grace as well to trust in Christ and the power of his great redemptive sacrifice for sin. Amen.